Good morning, brothers and sisters. It is good to be here. Give you a little warning. I had to wipe my eyes already this morning. One of the songs that Damien led was the song I wanted to close the message with. And I didn't tell him to lead that song, but God did. And I don't know, but... When you prepare something to bring, and God speaks to you in a little way, it means so much. Maybe it's been an eventful week for me, maybe I'm feeling emotional, but God is good, brothers and sisters. May you look for that in, in your life. <clears throat> and I think I have a little fire lit underneath me this morning too, so beware. I'd like to take you back to the morning of August 11. If I'm not mistaken, it was a Thursday morning. Three young men jumped into an airplane, maybe it was the afternoon, and they were journeying, for, I think, from Indiana to Pennsylvania. And we heard the story. They didn't get to their destination. God had other plans. Death. It is real. Three men lost their lives. Fast forward a couple more days to August 15th. It was a warm morning out in Nevada. A young family had invited friends over. They were doing corn for the day. And at lunchtime, their little boy once was missing. Little three-year-old Ezekiel was found with a gate on top of him. And God took his life. Death. That's hard. I'm sure all of us can relate with death. Close friends, family. And you ask why. Fast forward a couple more days. It was August 25, 4 a.m. I hear the words, honey, I don't think you're going to school today. And a couple hours later, I got to witness life being brought into this world. A miracle. And I got to hold our precious Tirsha and look into her eyes, her face, and get a glimpse of God bringing life into the world. A couple hours later, we get a text. Girl number two came for the day. Oh, what joy. And over, I, I, did, I didn't make it into school the first couple days. So somebody asked me why, and I said, well, you got to talk to Tiersha eventually when she can talk. Ask her why. But I was able to be at home and enjoy the newborn feels. But as I was holding our precious baby and got to introduce her to our two oldest daughters. That same day, I think one of the funerals was for, for the guy, one of the men on the airplane. And I was sitting here pondering this life and death. So fragile. God gives and God takes away. What is the meaning of life? It is life. God gives it in the form of a baby. And he takes it away when he sees fit. Yet through it all, he has a master plan. And as I was enjoying little Tirsha, my mind went to a verse in Genesis. Turn there with me. We're going to digress from 1 Peter and look at a 
concept of life, and that is the soul. Genesis 2, verse 7, is a verse I would like to preface the message with this morning. Genesis 2, 7, and I said Genesis, and your mind went to creation. And so God is creating the world, and chapter 2, he creates man, and specifically now verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. In that moment, God breathed a part of himself into dust and man became a living soul made in the image of God. It was the best part of his creation. He steps back and he says, that is very good. You've been granted breath from God. You have a living soul. This morning, the title of the message is The Soul Never Dies. And as as we look at the soul, I want us to see the sanctity. The sanctity of the soul. And I want our response to that to be to care for our soul. We need to care for our soul and the souls of those around us. And to do that, as we look at the soul, we're going to look at three points about the soul this morning. First of all, the structure. Now turn with me back to the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And if you remember, this is a text that we just went over in our Sunday school a couple weeks ago. 1 Thessalonians Chapter 5. And again, we're contemplating life, and specifically the soul here this morning. And here Paul states what I think is the three parts of human life. And you probably heard this analogy already, but I wanted to be reminded of that again this morning. As we look at our life and the meaning of life, there is life and there is death. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. As I sat up here this morning, I looked out across the faces. I saw bodies. That's what we see physically. Three parts of us, body, soul, and spirit. And as we look around, we see our bodies. Some of us are tall. Some of us are short. We are all unique. And it's wonderful. Made in the image of God. That is the physical part that we see, the part where we feel pain. A second part to ourselves is the spirit. And now often people relate or the, the spirit and the soul tie together. But the spirit, I think, is tied to our emotions, maybe our personality, our thoughts, not material, physical things, but it is a part of us. We all have our personalities, unique in their own way. We all have our thoughts and our feelings. I think that is the spirit side of us. And then thirdly is... The soul. What is the purpose of the soul? 
Does anything besides humans have a soul? No. Each human is unique and has a soul. And I go back to the verse in Genesis where God said he breathed into mankind and it became a living soul. I believe that the soul is actually a small part of God himself. He gives the soul unto us and that gives us life. And in the soul is a longing to connect back with the creator. And in the innermost being of everybody, there is a desire to connect with something bigger. And the Bible points to the fact of accepting that through Jesus. When we become a Christian, when we accept Jesus, we are recognizing that our soul needs a connection back to our Creator. As you look around the world, there's many people who have a longing and a desire for something more, something bigger. And they pursue that in other avenues. Sometimes they don't understand what the longing is inside of the, what it's for. And so they pursue all these things that try to bring them satisfaction, but it doesn't. The only source of satisfaction for the soul can be found in God. And this points to the need to draw mankind back to the Creator. And that is your soul. Each one has a soul. And when I look at, when we look around at people, we see the outward. And sometimes we judge by the outward. Maybe their looks. Maybe how they're acting. Maybe what they're saying. But I invite us this morning to think beyond the outward and think about the soul that each one of us has. Body, soul, and spirit. The three parts of ourself. That's the structure. Let's look at a little bit of symbolism. I think God gave those three parts to mankind to symbolize something bigger. Now, I don't have any biblical text to back this up. But I think it is alluded to many times. And I think that is the Trinity. What do we have in the Trinity? Father, Son, and Spirit. And I think God gave these three things to human, to mankind, to give a little glimpse into the window of the Trinity. Now, the Trinity, what happens if you take out the Spirit? It's not the Trinity. What happens if you take out the sun? It's not, it's not God. It's incomplete. Likewise, you, all three, make you complete. Body, soul, and spirit. They're different, yet one. When the body dies, the soul and the spirit go on to heaven. You are no longer you. I will no longer be Zach when my body dies. I will move on. And the question of where the soul goes is determined by the choices I made in my body, soul, and spirit. Think about the body. I think that's a symbol of Jesus. God became flesh. And as we look at each other, we see the fleshly part of ourselves, whatever our name may be. Maybe a symbol of Jesus. Then our spirit, the feelings, the thoughts, I think that's a symbol of the Holy Spirit in the Trinity. And our soul, like I said before, I think is a little part of God himself. That is the symbolism that I think God gave in the body, soul, and spirit. Structure, symbolism, and now the sanctity. 
And here's the serious part about the soul. The body's going to die, but the soul deep inside of us will never die. That will live on for eternity. And that is the serious part, brothers and sisters. Your soul, the choices you make now, determines eternity. It's serious. There's sanctity in it. We're going to quickly look at a couple verses as we think about the sanctity of the soul. Turn back to Ecclesiastes 12, 7. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 7 says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. The body's going to go to dust. Death means a burial. But the spirit and the soul is going to go on to God. Matthew 10, 28 is the next verse I would like to read. Matthew 10, verse 28. And fear not them, this is Jesus speaking uh, to his disciples, and fear not them which shall kill the body, because they're not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Brothers and sisters, don't worry about your body here on earth. Worry about, think about your soul that's going to live for eternity. And the judge who's going to be the judge on the day that you die. Now turn back to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Again, Paul is saying, I pray God that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Herein, brothers and sisters, lies the importance of our soul, the seriousness of it. It has to be preserved blameless. How many of you are without blame? No, we're sinners. So how can we attain? How can we become before the judgment and bring our body, soul, and spirit blameless? One choice you have to make. And that is accept Jesus as your Savior. That's all you have to do. And Jesus will come in and cleanse. He will present you blameless before God. And your soul will live for eternity in heaven. If you do not make that choice with your body, soul, and spirit, your soul will go to hell. And you will live in torment for eternity. After we make that choice of accepting Jesus, he comes in, he does the work of sanctification and cleansing. It is then our responsibility to continue to commit our soul unto him. It's not a once and done thing. We have to live by faith and continually commit our soul, our innermost being unto Jesus. And that is our responsibility. Now I'm going to go back to 1 Peter. 1 Peter 4. And if you remember the last verse that we looked at in our section, it talked about the soul. And what must we do with our souls? Verse 19 in 1 Peter 4. Wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Brothers and sisters, it doesn't just stop with the choice 
to serve Christ. It continues on with a continual commitment of your soul back to God. I'd like to illustrate this with looking at uh, an engagement. So Tristan and Stacey are, the most, I think, the most recent ones married here. Maybe you all can think back to your engagement. Now, the, the guy goes to the girl and says, will you marry me? Yes. They're excited. They're planning for this wedding day. Now, imagine if Tristan and Stacy they start going on dates, and Tristan goes to Stacey, hey, you're starting to plan the wedding. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about it. It'll come. Did you think about your wedding dress? Yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking about living with you. I just have these pictures pasted up of, of you, and I just sit here all day just thinking about living with you. It's going to be glorious. Next week comes along. She says the same thing. Now, wedding prep will come. I'm just sitting here enjoying thinking about living with you. And on and on. I think, Tristan, if you were the guy, you would start getting worried. You've got to start preparing. Do you actually want to live with me? You can't just sit here and think about it. I would like to use that as an illustration, brothers and sisters, as committing our soul. It is not a one-time commitment to Christ. It is a continual preparation for that wedding day. We can't sit here and think, oh, I'm saved. My soul is, is safe. It's a continual commitment. That is caring for your souls, brothers and sisters. Satan wants to come and snatch the soul and take it to hell with him. We have to be on our guard. It is your responsibility for your soul, a part of you. The choices you make with your body and your spirit will affect the destiny of your soul. And as I looked into the eyes of little Tirsha, I realized that I have a direct impact on her soul. How I invest into her body and into her spirit her emotional and physical needs will affect and play a part into how she views her soul as being God's. Dads and moms, I challenge you this morning. You play a part in guiding your children through their physical and emotional needs in preparing them to make the choice to commit their soul unto God. And God can redeem all things, don't get me wrong. He can redeem all brokenness. That's the power of God. But moms and dads, you have an impact on your children by shaping them at a young age. And now, sometimes I think about continually committing your soul. How do I know how to do that? How do I know what choices are right? It is in a day in, day out, doing what you know is right. The verse in 1 Peter 4 says, Doing, suffer according to the will of God, commit the keeping of their souls to Him as unto a creator. And remember what we talked about as a creator? The word judge isn't used there. It's a creator. If we day in, day out, simply do what we know best, crying out to God for wisdom, I guarantee your soul will be prepared for the coming of God.
That's humbling and that's serious. That's the sanctity of the soul. The soul never dies. Continually commit your soul unto God. Two questions I want to ponder in closing. As we think about our body, soul, and spirit, there's structure to it. There's symbolism. There's sanctity. Your soul will never die. The question I want to pose this morning is, what's the state of your soul? You alone are responsible for that. Your body, soul, and spirit. What is the state of your soul? And secondly, I alluded to the fact that parents have play an important part in guiding the souls or preparing their children for that commitment of their soul to Christ. We are not responsible for the souls around us. However, we are called to speak into those souls. And sometimes as you look around at the pain around you, some people have been through a lot physically. Some people have been through a lot emotionally. And that affects their decision and their outlook of the soul, where they find meaning, where they find connection. And as sons and daughters of Christ, we are called to speak life into the souls around us. Whether it be family, whether it be friends. So secondly, I would like to ask, how are you impacting the souls around you? What's the state of your soul? Are you impacting the souls of those around you? There's sanctity in our soul, our body, soul, and spirit. Continually commit your soul unto the keeping of God, our Creator. And may we be found worthy on that last day before God. And whatever death may come, may you be ready. In the twinkling of an eye, it may end. Brother Damien, if you could come and lead to Canaan's land, I'm on my way. I think it is number 300, nope, 869, I think, in the Songs of Faith and Praise, 869. Before he does that, I will pray. Brother Damien, if you'd come front and lead that at the end, and then after that, you can consider yourselves dismissed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the sanctity of life. Thank you for the gift of life in the form of a baby. And we know that at any time you may call or take life away from us. And as we looked at the soul, or ourselves, our body, soul, and spirit, we saw the structure and the symbolism in that. May we see the sanctity, the seriousness of our soul. A part of you that, wants, that needs to connect back with you. May we put our longings where they need to be. May we put our physical and emotional wants and desires aside and choose to commit our soul daily unto you. And may we be found worthy to be your bride when you call us home. Take us as we go this week. Help us to think about the responsibility of our souls 
and invest in the souls of those around us. Bless us as we go from here. In Jesus' name, amen.